Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Room 303. This is episode 66. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. And as always, we're joined by intern <laughs> E. Well, oh man, I was gonna say something and then well, I as, of, I, as of as <laughs> of not, not hold on, hold on. Let me just let me just say something. There's only been two people that have been here for all 66 episodes, right? Uh, well, actually, no, technically not. There's only well, I guess we can. 65 was a two-parter. There's only been two people that have been here for all the episodes, and that's you and me, Jermaine. So let's just say until uh, like recently, he's been with us. Since recently, interny. Yeah, interny. Say hello to the fans. E. What's up, everybody? Be quiet. Nobody wants to hear you talk. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yo, Rudy Poo Candy ass. A lot of stuff. Uh, a, a lot of stuff to get into on this uh, episode sixty-six. We'll do trivia as always. Uh, we'll talk about really just every. It, it's kind of that time of year where everything starts popping off. So NBA, NHL playoffs. Obviously, we got we got some NFL, some MLB news. Uh, a lot of big stuff happening in international football. Uh, a big, old, stinky winner in the uh, golf world this last weekend. Uh, and then, as always, Standing O and Feynman Cutham return, including one of the most ludicrous exhibit any other 90s rapper you want to name injuries that you've ever heard of. Oh, yeah. Someone blew on him and he fell over, like Kate it's- Hudson. It's the greatest base. It's one of the greatest baseball players of all time, or one of the greatest baseball inju- baseball player injuries of all time. It's Ooh. like, uh, although although my my personal favorite since I grew up in Denver, my personal favorite athlete injury of all time is uh, the Broncos used to have a quarterback. He was named Jake Plummer. Jake Plummer got Jake the Snake got taken out of the season. Oh no! Sorry, it was not Jake Plummer. I almost, I almost did a Nick talks about his ass. It's not. It was Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy was the backup to Jake Plummer. Brian Greasy tripped over his golden retriever at the top of the stairs, fell down a staircase of stairs, and was out for the entire year. You gotta love, you gotta love that. Jesus, that's <laughs> bad, dude. You know my personal favorite. Also, uh, it's a baseball injury. Is uh, who's that ding dong who cut his hand on the drone for the Cleveland Indians when the when the Cubs won the World Series? Wasn't that Corey Kluber? No, it was not Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, or uh, who's the other? Who's the other? Carlos Carrasco. It was one of those three, wasn't it? Trevor Bauer? Uh, is I think it might have been Trevor Bauer. I think it was Hold Trevor on. Bauer. In, inter, will get on it for us. He gave us a thumbs up, but uh, I'm not sure if he searched it. Did you search it, or are you just lying right now? I searched Trevor Bauer's drone did some seriously disgusting damage to his pinky finger. Dude, now that you do not, it's 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 like a it's like you're an actual intern now that you have a usable mic and you we don't hear, you know, the we don't hear I-85 going on in the background of your uh of your mic. <laughs> it doesn't even live close to it. You still yeah. hear that highway. He is <laughs> he, he is literally in a room of an industrial fan shipping depot. <laughs> Whenever he gets on the pod. All right. So this episode's trivia question is in honor of the absolute bonkers season. If you haven't actually read the article by Buster Olney condemning the way hitting is approached now because strikeouts are up, 
Elevate, celebrate, baby. Strikeouts are up and hitting for average is way down and it's ruining the game. One of my favorite old man reads, because I actually kind of agree with it, but it's in honor of this. There's been a plethora of no hitters this season. And it's been absolutely wild because we're not even out of May. So in honor of this season, how many no hitters have happened in a single season? And the answer is, let's move into the NFL. The NFL has another all-time great player guaranteed to be in the Hall of Fame asking for a trade. And it's it's one of the, like, I guess it's not shocking, but he's never been this kind of diva in the, in the public wide receiver. So well, it's shocking in that sense, but he is always constantly holding out for money well, and, that's, then wondering yeah, yeah. Why his, and then wondering why his team can't win. So we're talking about none other than Julio Catches Everything Jones. I'm not sure that's his official middle name, but that's what we call him here. Can I bring up my favorite Julio Jones rant of all time? You've heard it probably four or five times. And longtime listeners have heard it at least twice. Yeah, sure. His name spoken is Julio Jones. That's not right. Either make it Julio Hones or Julio Jones. <laughs> make it one of those two names. And then that- uh, what's his real <laughs> name again, Eric? I'm, I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Give me one second. <laughs> his real name. Why, why are you talking before you look something up? Just look something up and then talk. God. Yo, he's giggling like a schoolgirl, bro. <laughs> the tequila's hitting right already. So, so, yeah, if you've been living under the rock. The under rock. The rock. Like, <laughs> Whoa, Jesus he's a, Christ. He's big, man, but I don't think anyone can live <laughs> under him. That's pretty big. Wow. So, if you've been living under a rock. Or the rock star Sean Connery. Um, Julio Jones is requesting a trade out of the Falcons. Another classic Falcons. This is the best part for me. Is the Falcons were seeking a first in return for Julio before the draft kicked off. And they couldn't even get that for no. Julio Jones. Uh, from intern E. So E, what, what, is, his, what is his actual name? Uh, it's going to be Quintoris Lopez Jones. So it's Quintoris Lopez Jones. It's it's Julio Hones is his name. <laughs> it's got to be. Yo, this is how we know he doesn't listen to the pod because you've had this rent so oh, many times. Le- that's why I said at least twice. And like, I, like <laughs> Vegas is probably like it's like five and a half at this point. What, Julio- so, so my question for you, Jermaine, is that we, we heard this when it got released in the national media outlets. But the biggest national media outbreak was uh, – Oh Jesus! What is what is the what is the show that Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp do? The Undisputed. That's how much I just don't watch it. The, I don't watch un- any of the Talking Heads now. Eric on loves the un- him. On the Undisputed, Shannon Sharp cold called Julio Jones on air and asked him if he was staying in Atlanta, and he said, "Quote: I'm out of there." What are your thought? What are your thoughts on that? I think that is the skeeviest move. One of the skeeviest moves to get ratings by Shannon Sharp. I don't agree with that because it it wasn't advertised. It wasn't advertised. They were going to cold call him and then they did it. Like it's, you know, unless you're talking about like retroactive views, but honestly, that means what I took away from that is that Shannon Sharp has an outstanding relationship with Julio Jones where they're pretty much boys. And so Julio Jones answers his calls and we'll talk to him like that. Yeah, because Shannon Sharp is an all-time great 
receiver. Like, yeah, he's a tight end, but he's an all-time great wide receiver. I just, I just hope that he doesn't kind of sabotage a little bit of his credit that like now, now Julio's not going to pick up the phone or, or other, other good, good wide receivers in the NFL are not going to pick up their phone for their mentors. Cause they don't know if they're going to be on TV or not. Yeah. And it's also like, it's not our credit to care about. <laughs> no, also, not really. And also like, here's the thing. How, television's so overproduced nowadays. Like who's to say Shannon Sharp didn't text him before he called and say, Hey, I'm going to call you live on air and ask you, right? Like who's to say that didn't happen. We don't know. We're going from what we think didn't happen, but television is so overproduced. I'd be hard pressed to believe that Julio was really unaware of what was happening. Do you think so? I mean, Shannon Sharp literally called the national guard in the middle of the football game. <laughs> what? Oh, that that would that would require a knowledge of that of that NFL films clip where he yeah. scores so many touchdowns and he's like, "They need help. Get them help. Call the National Guard." <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen that clip, so I was just like, "It was back when he was playing for the Broncos." So obviously, the Ravens are going to get him, right? No. So you remember when we were texting on about this in the group chat offline? And no. my first, my instant response was the Patriots. Yeah. And then my second response was like the team that I would think he should go to is the Tennessee Titans. And since then, AJ Brown has been on a literal political campaign to get Julio Jones to the Titans. He's done everything but suck the man's dick by now, dude. Like this is unreal. Although his video where he tapes the jersey and <laughs> covers up the Atlanta and it's Titans. I think it's Titans backwards. Probably. <laughs> oh, God, I was dying laughing. I was like, all right, that's funny as fuck. And this is the kind of stuff I like that I think the NFL probably hates, right? Um, but I thought it was great. So um but you, so you think Ravens? I think Pat's Titans. Let's let's see what uh, old Big Head over here has to th- say. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, I agree with uh, the Titans being okay. The best moving one. on to uh, to Eugene Chung and claiming that he was uh, told he's not the right the right uh, minority. Did you? Uh, I wasn't I, surprised. I'll I, say I, it first. I, I I will let you offer your comments because I I have a rant about this. I wasn't surprised. Were you? I I don't think anyone was surprised that he was told this, that you're not the right minority. I wasn't surprised. Well, in a profession where 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 NFL where where NFL employees, aka the refs, tell quarterbacks that they haven't been in the league uh long enough for their safety to be considered on hits. Um it, yeah, it it probably doesn't surprise me. My my issue is that Eugene Chung brings this to light. Right, and he still wants to work in the NFL. I mean, this has been his life passion. He doesn't want to move on to another thing. He probably knew full and well that this discrimination exists. Right? Yeah. He 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 knows full well this exists. So he was just probably <clears throat> annoyed and angry that that this happened. Um. And. He didn't want to, he he came out in his his press conference and said he doesn't want to uh out the person that said it. 
And the NFL was like, well, you got to tell us who said it, which exposed a pretty deep issue in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, we've talked about this before. The NFL doesn't really care about addressing the issue. They just care about punishing and then hiding the issue. Look at, like, abusers with, like, Ray Rice and Kareem Hunt. They just want to crush the player. They don't want to address the issue. Look at, like, Pac-Man Jones and, like, Tank Johnson. Look at, like, the absolute racial inequality in the NFL that happened with Colin Kaepernick and and minority GMs and minority coaches and minority coordinators not even really getting the fair shake of interviews. Yeah, Vontez Perfect, Greg Hardy, Antonio Brown, Ray Lewis, Jamal Lewis. I mean, Michael Michael Vick. The list goes on and on. You imagine how many other places you could have done the things that some of these players did and were able to play again. Like it's outrageous. Josh Gordon is so talented that he breaks the rules every year. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's a pretty dumb rule uh, about still the rules, he has other issues on top of that. Yeah, but it's still the rule right now. Exactly. And well, they I mean, just I- keep and they just keep getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. So, I mean, I'll I'll give you another example. E, look up for me, please. How many years Pac-Man Jones played in the league? And I mean, Pac-Man Jones had an issue every three years, and it wasn't like a Vontez Burfecht player safety issue. It was like he was bashing women's heads in strip clubs. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston got accused of that Uber driver incident. You don't hear anything of it, and now Jameis mm-hmm. Winston is still quarterbacking in the league. Yeah, about to they, be a starting cor- quarterback for a, a, one of the more prestigious teams of the last decade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um. <clears throat> They don't really – yeah, I was going to say 13, so that puts them right around uh, 14. Oh, I was like, I was like, what does 5 through 19 mean? Do I have to guess the number of years these played? <laughs> e? Is this like a guessing show? E just posted in our, in our, little, uh, in our little intern chat here. Five, Ooh, five pull the current 19. back. Five tag 19. I was like, am I supposed to guess? A 12. How um, did you? How did you not understand that? <laughs> I'm also did, low key judging do. you. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, quick question: Does Julio? Does the Packers trading for Julio Jones save their relationship with Aaron Rodgers? Yes or no? No. No. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so, for those of you who have been living under a rock, or the rock, now I'm confused. I don't actually know how to say it. The Rockies were accused of a sign stealing program in 2018 by former catcher Eric Katz, uh, or Kratz. Is this news or nay? Well, first of all, I'm the biggest. Well, I'm one of the biggest Rockies fans you ever find, and I don't even remember who Eric Kratz was. So, one, get the fuck out of here, Eric Kratz. You were a you were a minor league you were a minor league all star at best. And second, doesn't this just bring light to the to what we've said the whole time? Manfred didn't punish the Astros in seventeen because every single team had some form of electronic cheating. Every single team had a form of electronic cheating or he would have slammed the Astros like baseball has a history of doing with people that cheat and are is an isolated cheating incident. The Black Sox, Pete Rose, many other scandals that go into the steroid abusers. Those are the three big ones that come to mind where individual players were cheating and nobody else was cheating. The Astros were cheating and they won and they profited off it. The MLB slams those sort of things. This is just another one in the example and really just one that they can start. You'll see here in the next five to 10 years, they're going to start leaking little teams like this 
Hey, the Diamondbacks did it. The Rockies did it. The Royals did it. The Tigers did it. Not the Cubs, though. Not the Cubs. Not the Yankees. <laughs> not the Reds. Or you know, not, not not the good teams. All in the hall. All right, yeah. so we're gonna move on here. Uh, there was a little the little event that happened this weekend. I don't know if you guys followed it. It was something called like the the PGA like Pick world. Up world title belt of the heavyweight wrestling alliance or something like that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, PGA championship was this weekend and boy, did it deliver uh, Phil Mickelson getting an exception ex- exemption to play in the PGA championship at age 50, his odds at the open on Thursday, when they started playing this tournament were plus 25,000. Plus twenty five thousand. Yeah, it's incredible. If you put a hundred dollars on plus twenty five thousand, that is two thousand five hundred. No. If you put a hundred dollars on plus twenty five thousand, it's twenty five thousand. The odds are based off a hundred. So plus twenty five thousand is if you put a hundred dollars down, you win twenty five thousand dollars. Jesus fucking Christ! I should have done that. <laughs> I was Why hoping did, it was a thousand. E, now, can you verify now, this? I don't want this to be true. Go find now, the calculator. Stop watching the game and give me this real number. Now, now is that time where like we could like put a decent stat overlay. That's like if you bet Phil in every major that he's ever played in, you'd be like plus forty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I hate when gambling websites put those ludicrous stats up that you would never do because you'd be bankrupt before it would ever pay off. I don't know. Phil Mickelson wasn't too crazy. We bet Tiger Woods when he came back, and we hit. <laughs> so, like, Phil Mickelson is – well, maybe he's not just as good, but he's pretty comparable. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, uh, the, oldest, he's the oldest player to win a PGA major championship uh, yep. at the age of 50. In my you know, opinion, this is the second greatest major win I've ever seen in my lifetime. Okay, I'll bite. What was the first? Tiger Woods 2019 Masters. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. We just we the aforementioned bet we made. Yeah. <laughs> so correct. Um yeah, if you so here's the kick in the dick. If you bet before Wednesday, it was twenty eight thousand. If you if after it was twenty five thousand. I don't want to think about what could have been. So we're just gonna go ahead and move on. Um not unlike Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau, because they can't seem to do that. <laughs> we'll move to combat sports. So we took a week hiatus. There was a few moving parts, and uh, we had a shuffle to the next week and couldn't provide an episode for you guys, so we do apologize, as always. But UFC 262 happened that weekend. And we'll probably let E come in here and, and talk about the fight, because I actually did not watch this fight. Uh I was indisposed and I didn't actually order the fights or watch them. So, uh, E you wanted to walk us through this lightweight championship. Yeah, man, <clears throat> it was actually a, a really good fight. Um, Oliveira came out. All right. I nobody had... cares. So Conor, McG- no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, dude. Finish. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I'm, re- I'm really going to love this guys, but, uh, no, he, uh, he came out, he was wrestling him, uh, had him on the mat. It was, it was looking good for him. And then, uh, this Chandler kid got out of it, stood up, and was rocking Oliveira's world. Uh, this dude has, I mean, 
I haven't seen power like this since Connor was first getting hot, and it's it's just insane how he's rocking people. Um, at the end of the fight, Oliveira was stumbling, or at the end of the first round, Oliveira was stumbling. Uh, I don't know what happened, man. He came out in the second round and and just lit this dude up, just one two pieced him. Chandler lost his footing, and it was over, man. Oliveira, I mean, thirty one fights before you get a belt. The dude has experience. He's seen everything. That it was just an amazing fight, man. It was one of my favorite fights of the year. Yeah, so fun fact, Oliveira actually holds the UFC record for most submission victories with 14. So, uh, you know, you don't accidentally get that kind of stat. <laughs> you know, you got to be pretty good at at the old fisticuffs themselves. Um, yeah, shout out Charles Oliveira. I know the UFC's dying right now. They had a star in the making with Chandler after his impact debut, and they thought for sure they were going to lay up and that the Bellator champion was going to come in and win this belt. And Oliveira said, not today, Satan. We still got good fighters over here. And it actually throws that lightweight division into a bit of chaos, as we'll touch on in Find and Cut later. But with that being said, Forbes dropped their top 10 list for highest paid athletes. And I guess to nobody's surprised on this podcast since – uh, the last episode we did cover the fact that, or maybe it wasn't the last episode, it was a few back. We did cover the fact that Conor McGregor made $600 million, $400 million in new money by selling the controlling interest of proper number 12. And then we proceeded to rant about how shitty that wh- whiskey is and how nobody ever wants to finish the bottle. But from May 2020 to May 2021, Conor McGregor pulled in a whopping $180 million. How, Bro, many, that times is- he, how many times did he fight during that span? Uh, he fought once. <laughs> he lost during that span. He lost to the Diamond, and now they're having that trilogy fight. So he fought once and lost. Um, the crazy thing is he made $100 million, $180 million dollars in one year i don't know if i'll ever see that in my life no. <laughs> no, i can guarantee you won't god dude talk about glutton bro all right and then um just to chat just to touch on it ultimate fighter is kicking off june 1st so most likely before we get our next episode out episode one will have aired i don't exactly know how they're gonna be releasing it i believe it's gonna be once weekly um so June 1st, new season. I think it's the first time in four years since 2017. Um, for those of you keeping track at home, Ultimate Fighter has produced 11 world champions and five Hall of Famers. Right? So um, the five Hall of Famers are Forrest Griffin, Ultimate Fighter 1, Michael Bisping, Ultimate Fighter 3, Rashad Evans, Ultimate Fighter 2, Matt Zara, Ultimate Fighter 4, Uriah Faber, Ultimate Fighter 17. And then the champions were Bisping, Griffin, Evans, Sarah, Esparza, Montano, Dillashaw, Whitaker, Nama Yunus, Usman, and Ferguson. I'd say, why would you ever stop if you were producing results like that? It's a who's who. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good zoo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to end uh, the main talking points with NHL and then NBA. So we'll move into international football. And uh, 
the first talking point on this is actually something I was kind of blown away. It was even an option. And I really wanted to see what your guys' opinion were on this. But FIFA is backing a recent bid submission by Saudi Arabia, which is led by Saudi Arabia. There's, I believe there's several other host countries that are backing it as well. But they want they propose to change the World Cup schedule from every four years to every two years. So are we entirely shocked that an oil-rich country like Saudi Arabia it got FIFA to back them, to back an event that makes FIFA millions of dollars every four years? Billions of dollars, maybe, every it's, four it, years? It's billions. Are we, are we shocked that FIFA, the business of soccer, wants to shorten their every four-year billion-dollar business to every two-year billion-dollar business? No. This does this doesn't shock me at all, and the fact that it's a Saudi Arabian led bid, I mean, of course FIFA's going to back them because they're going to have Saudi oil money coming out of their shorts. I just didn't think that people wanted this. No, nope, like, people don't your, want. What this. are your thoughts? Do you want it? No. What about you, E? I definitely don't want it. Okay. All right. So then that's okay, a consensus up. on the pod. Hold on. Can I ask you your? Can I ask a, a follow up question? Okay. Are you the king of Saudi Arabia, Jermaine? <laughs> no. E are, e, are you the president of FIFA? No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I guess we have no say in the matter, do we? <laughs> oh, that's – I was almost disappointed to read it. It's, I actually, it's, it's, incredibly, dis- it's, it's incredibly disappointing to, to read because it's just, it's, it's, it's just really a continuation of, that we've seen in the last – year of soccer probably the last six months of soccer where soccer has become this global business where they don't really need to listen to the fans anymore they just need to just exchange money among themselves and they just and 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 who can and and who needs to like who who, who needs fans we have money yeah exactly dude fuck uefa fuck fifa that has been a long stance of this podcast 100 percent um it's Absolutely, those it's and it's funny if it's a four letter sports acronym that governing body, it's probably highly corrupt, right? NCAA, FIFA, UEFA, right? Yeah, at least NFL, NBA, you kind of have the players' unions, there's discussions, they don't always get what they want, and sometimes they sign shitty CBAs, but hey, that's also on you for having terrible leadership, right. But in this, uh, you know, this is this is just how it's going. So, um, all right, moving on to the next talking point. The Madrid court uh, is still battling for the now defunct RIP Super League. Um, they've actually asked the Court of Justice to establish if UEFA and FIFA are breaching EU law by preventing the ESL. What are your thoughts? A good good for good for them good for the teams that have stayed in it right i mean like the the, the teams that that have stayed in it and and that are like actually fighting for something they contractually agreed to it's it's pretty refreshing to see i mean you know these are also teams that are you know the the, the question is how much did they pay <laughs> how much did uh, the Super League pay these teams to get them to stay in, considering Real Madrid and Barcelona are 
hundreds of millions of dollars in debt. Yeah, they, so you gotta they wonder why you gotta wonder why they they are fighting for this so hard. Uh, Juventus is facing Serie A expulsion for this. Yeah, and so. we're, and and there's a question that you know there's a question of whether or not we may we we may not see one of the most successful Champions League squads of of our generation in Real Madrid if if they're not allowed to play if UEFA still holds the ruling. Yeah, and then on top of that, they opened disciplinary and UEFA opened disciplinary investigations into Madrid, Juventus, and Barcelona. So those three talking points really all kind of stick together. It's more of the Super League fallout. It's been a pretty interesting battle and discussion as to where this is going. Honestly, I have no foresight. I I doubt the teams will win unless they get a pretty good judge, but. If they get a good judge, then they're going to appeal it, and then they're going to get a bad judge, and then that judge is going to rescind it. So I don't ever see this existing. And considering that they just revamped the Champions League to add <laughs> the god god awful number of games that they uh, they I don't even remember. I'd have to look it up from our from our old notes, but it was an ungodly amount of games they added with their new schedule, and so. You, say, really... you, you said they they added a hundred games. That's what we said. We we added a hundred games. I'm, I honestly believe it was more than that, but let me let me let me check. I'll go ahead and move into the next talking point. So the uh, UCL final, the Champions League final, was moved to Porto in Portugal. Um, uh, for you for you shrewd listeners out there. You would think and ask yourself, didn't Portugal get the UCE, the UCL final last year? They did. It was in Lisbon, moved because of the pandemic. It got moved for the same reasons today. So Portugal is really winning lately, Jermaine. Yeah, I I don't understand like what Portugal has <laughs> on the UEFA Champions League. <laughs> they must have. Uh, risque photos of the trophy, and they don't want them leaking. <laughs> I guess, why they, yeah. That's why they keep blackmail. And you were right; it is a hundred games. Yeah. Um, I you know, shout out UCL final moving to Porto. Um, that's where Chelsea will suffer defeat at the hands of Man City, right? E. Yep, hundred percent. No, you have no no rebuttal. Nothing to say. All right. Well. Damn, he's so confident that Man City's winning. He doesn't want to say anything. That's right. First, first of all, I just oh, don't want to so get we're cut moving off on again. to Lua. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you keep falling for it. That's <laughs> all right. So Robert Lewandowski. Oh, actually, did you want to cover this now, or did you want to move it to the old podcast? I'll cover it now. All right, go ahead. So Robert Lewandowski, right, Bayern Munich striker. Uh, set the record, the single-season Bundesliga record, breaking uh, Gerhard Müller's uh, single-season record of 40... Well, he, he, he got 41 goals. Robert Lewandowski did. Uh, and uh, Holland, Dortmund's wonder kid, actually ended up winning the Bundesliga Player of the Year award. It, it is a ridiculous and continued... Sham against Rob. I, I don't know why people hate Robert Lewandowski, but they do for some reason. He didn't win the Balloon d'Or, 
last year because they canceled the award because of COVID when they could have just given the award out virtually. Um, he didn't win the Bundesliga Player of the Year award after literally setting a single-season record that has stood since, E, look it up, but I believe it's 1979 that Gerd Müller set when he was another Bayern striker. Okay, what is it? You shake your head, no. 1971. Sorry, everybody. He literally had, in 29 appearances, 41 goals and 7 assists. Holland, in 29 appear- or in 28 appearances, I believe, had 27 goals and 8 assists. I don't understand how Holland gets this award, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it was a 49-year-old record. You know, it almost, it almost stood for a half century, and... You're going to tell me that's not the player of the year? <laughs> uh, you know, but d- we do have to say that the player of the year, if I'm not mistaken, is voted on by fans. It is voted on by fans, which means it shouldn't be the player of the year award. And it's the byproduct of media, right? Media bias slants towards Holland because he's the young up-and-coming star, right? And – they covered him into the ground and they completely disrespected an absolute legend's work <laughs> this season. Like he 41 goals in just Bundesliga play. <laughs> like what? That's I'm, like, it's like 1.5 almost damn near. I, I'm doing it, Jermaine. I'm adding Robert Lewandowski to the Mike Trout Hall of Fame. He's just been so good for so long that people just expect it of him now, and it's not impressive. You know what's going to happen is he's going to leave this year. He's going to go to an English Premier League team, probably Man City because he fucking hates us, and then everyone's going to learn who Robert Lewandowski is, and they're going to just gush over him. Like like he just came out of nowhere, and you and I are going to be sitting in the back like, what about Bayern? <laughs> I don't think he's leaving Bayern, dude. I don't think he's ever going to leave Bayern. I think he's just going to just stay at Bayern until he's like 35 and then go play for some Polish second league team and absolutely dominate and score like 125 goals in the season. Nah, not him. He's not good. Holland would do that. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move into the NHL portion of this podcast. So as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, uh, NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs have both commenced. Um, can you guys or one of you guys pull up who's actually clinched their NHL series? I know there's been a few sweeps already. Not really surprising in the first round, especially the way these these new brackets are shaking out. And with that. We'll start off with a little bit bit of bit of information. The Prince of Wales Trophy and the Clarence S. Campbell Bowl, right? Awarded to the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, respectively, since 1925 and 1967, respectively, will not be handed out due to the division alignment this year. And so that means the Islanders who and Lightning, who've already swept their series and moved on to the next, as long as the as well as the Avalanche and the Jets. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> you guys, you how are you gonna look up and give me two? Like that was the only two, and then you're gonna just hit me with a bunch more teams afterwards. <sighs> we gotta take his microphone away. He's distracted. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, ooh, what's this new shiny thing? Yeah. All right, is this the whole list? <laughs> it's the whole list? All right. So <laughs> let me clarify what I was saying. The Islanders, Lightning, 
Avalanche, Jets, and Bruins will not be holding those trophies this year. Yes. Um, and it's mainly due to COVID, which caused division realignments, and Canada not allowing stinky Americans across their borders. Stinky so, Americans. Those stinky Americans. But that's five series clenched already. How, so how many first-round series do we have left? Uh, there are – there's Three the more? Golden – yeah, Golden Knights in the wild. They're playing right now. They're 0-0 zero, zero at the end of the second. So when you listen to this podcast, you guys will know in the future who you'll be looking back at history right now and who <laughs> – and if the Golden Knights win, they win the series. And then the Canadians and the Maple Leafs with Toronto up 3-1 – and the Hurricanes and the Predators with the Hurricanes up 3-2. The uh, that's that's the uh, – is the Golden Knights up 3-1 right now or is it a 3-2? 3-2. It's a 3-2 series. Okay. So there's only been two first round. Usually the first round series are a lot more contentious than this. Well, the last couple of years it feels like. Uh, there's been a lot of clean sweeps, a lot of, lot of 3-1 standings already. So – I guess clearly they got the top of the crop, best of the crop at the top. Uh, <laughs> who knows what I just said? So we're just going to go ahead and move on. As we talked about when we went into length on the NHL signings with ESPN and TNT, otherwise known as ABC and Turner or Disney and Turner, however you guys want to say it, uh, Wayne Gretzky has stepped down as the Oilers Entertainment Group vice chairman and will join TNT as a hockey analyst. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, I it's it's news that I that I knew was going to come right with the Oilers. They if if McDavid and Dreis Dreis don't score, then the Oilers don't win. I mean it's it's just going to be both those guys are going to be gone in the next five years, and then Edmonton will return to the trash heap that it, trash heap of hockey that it was after Gretzky left. Mm. Isn't that so sad? Just, <laughs> just like... Yeah, it is. Who is that reminiscent of? Like, what team is was historically good, but now just... The Detroit Red Wings? No, you just like shitting on the Red Wings. They're didn't awful they, right now. Didn't they just win this this millennia, though? Uh yeah they did. I think they won last. I think they won last in two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight exactly. So <laughs> you know it's it's a little bit of ways, but it's not Edmonton Oil Oilers away. When was the last time the Oilers won? Uh, nineteen eighty six. That's my that was, guess. And when did Gretzky retire? Uh, it was probably like ninety two, like eighty nine. Gretzky played what, like forty years or something? Like <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it was a Gordy Hall, Gordy Hall, and Gretzky. As, oh yeah. my goodness! So yeah, it's it's not it's not shocking, and t- and you know he probably makes a good amount of money as the Oilers Entertainment Group, but he probably feels responsible, and TNT is probably going to pay him a lot more money, especially now in that deal. They're spending that nice, uh, they're spending money uh, to really back up that NHL deal. Uh, Nineteen ninety was the last time the Oilers won. Got it. Yep. So let's move from NHL playoffs to MLB playoffs. So I'll let you two guys and E kind of jump in a little bit on this. Uh, hold um, on. Hold on. You said MLB. Uh, yeah, I meant NBA. We know this. We know that I say the wrong things on the podcast. So moving from NHL playoffs to uh, NBA playoffs. The brackets are set. Their games have been played. 
Give it to me. All right. So I guess we'll start from the play-in series, right? So the playing games happened. We covered it. It didn't exactly go the way we predicted it. In the Western Conference, you had the seven-seed Golden State Warriors – or sorry, the seven-seed Los Angeles Lakers playing the eight-seed Golden State Warriors. Los Angeles Lakers ended up winning um, by a very small margin. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. And then – so three points. And then Golden State goes on to play the winner of Memphis versus San Antonio. Memphis ends up beating San Antonio – and playing Golden State for the final spot of the tournament. And the Memphis Grizzlies uh, actually gave Adam Silver a heart attack (laughs) by beating the Golden State Warriors. And I don't think he's recovered yet. He's still in the hospitals. Best wishes and prayers. For those of you who don't know, I'm just kidding. And then the Eastern Conference, you had the seven-seed Boston Celtics versus the eight-seed Washington Wizards. The Boston Celtics beat the Washington Wizards. And then you had the um, Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers. And the Indiana Pacers absolutely beat the Hornets over the head. Uh, I think they won by 30-something points in what is essentially a playoff game. Um Then they went on to play the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Wizards took them out back and defended the Hornets by (laughs) whipping them upside the head. Uh, Ended up beating them by 20 points, and that means the final two spots in the Eastern Conference were the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards. So the way the brackets have shaken out from there are the number one seed Utah Jazz are playing the Memphis Grizzlies, and currently the Memphis Grizzlies have a – one game lead and the second game should be on right now currently as i'm speaking the number two phoenix suns are playing the number seven los angeles lakers the series is currently tied 1-1 chris paul has already gone down with his perennial hamstring pool except this time it's his bitch ass right shoulder and then we have the number three seed denver nuggets playing the portland trailblazers number six seed dog fight uh it's gonna be an absolute battle there's two really proud men on those teams and uh you know in their leaders and Jokic and lillard so this is gonna be nothing but a slugfest if i'm not mistaken this one is also one one uh portland jumped all over denver they didn't know what was happening and then Jokic came out and said we're not gonna let that happen again they put aaron gordon on damian lillard no one else in portland could score tell me if you've seen this story before and now the series is tied one one then you have the 4-5 matchup. You have the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, a rematch of a shocking bubble competition from last year where Luka put them on notice last year, but the Clippers actually stuck it out and won that series only to fall in humiliating fashion uh, by blowing a 3-1 lead in the next round. Now the Dallas Mavericks have jumped all over the home seed or home team, Los Angeles Clippers, and have a 2-0 lead. Luka Doncic is playing grown men ball, and he is the best player on that court, and it's not even close. So 
you know, all the bitching and complaining that everyone did about the Clippers dodging the Lakers, even though the Denver Nuggets did the same thing by arresting their players and letting the Portland Trailblazers get in the sixth seed, even though the Phoenix Suns did the same thing by beating the Portland Trailblazers to put them in the situation to have to battle for the sixth seed in the last game of the season so that way they didn't have to play the Lakers. And nobody wants to talk about that because everyone just only like dislikes the Clippers. And that's the narrative they want to paint. And nobody's smart enough to do their research and look into their own games. And they watch ESPN and take those talking points. So I told them they had nothing to worry about. The Clippers ain't shit. You don't buy in what they're selling. They'll never make it to a conference finals. They're more cursed than the Red Sox right now for trading Mookie bets. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the Eastern Conference. The way this bracket has shaken out, the one seed, Philadelphia 76ers have a 2-0 advantage over the Washington Wizards. One of the Cinderella stories of the year, they were considered dead in the water at the end of February, went on this ridiculous run that they shouldn't have been on. Russell Westbrook's averaging an insane number stat line that you know always seems to boggle, but he plays hero ball and has empty stats. So the Sixers have a 2-0 lead. Joel Embiid looks every bit the MVP candidate that he is. Then you have the two-seed Brooklyn Nets taking on the seven-seed Boston Celtics, and it's not even close. (laughs) The Brooklyn Nets have a (laughs) 2-0 advantage, and they came out similar to the team I'll talk about in the next matchup and dropped 46 points in the first quarter, and uh, Jason Tatum has no shot. So that's probably another sweep. Then remember, you have remember remember when Boston was Boston was like the darlings of the Eastern Conference for like two years. Yeah, and it's because they overachieved. They were <laughs> it was when they had uh it was when Kyrie Irving or no, sorry, Isaiah Thomas went down. It was Isaiah or Kyrie Irving. One of those two went down, and it was Tatum and Jalen Brown, and they took LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers to a seven game series. Yeah. And and yeah, and, and so they, yeah, they took LeBron and the Cavs to the seven game series, and everyone was just like, ah! <laughs> and then the next year, they played the 76. Oh, no, not the next year, but in the bubble, they played the 76ers, who had like one player, <laughs> like one healthy player. And like, I think they had three tennis shoes combined with that whole team, and <laughs> they beat them. So They've actually been out punching coverage and everyone thinks that they're this better team than they are. Their roster construction is not very good. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have not decided who the alpha is. And because of that chemistry is suffering. And that's why you constantly hear about cancers in the locker room, whether it was Kyrie, whether it's Tristan Thompson, whether it's like nobody gets along, blah, blah, blah. And then you see them all hugging and they're all friends. It's just, they don't know who the best player on that team is. All right. So, um, the three, six matchup is the Milwaukee bucks and the Miami heat and the Milwaukee bucks are on a revenge tour right now. Uh, they were red hot. Everyone showed up with their snipers and were just putting in threes on the Miami heat. They had no answer. They're up to zero. Looks like it's not even going to be a contest. Jimmy Butler, um, is playing some inefficient basketball despite him being in the top five of all the advanced analytics uh, throughout the season this year, which makes him a sneaky candidate for the MVP, which also makes him a sneaky candidate for all NBA first team. He will neither get, he will not get either of those two, but Jimmy Butler is that good. (laughs) Then you have the four or five matchup. You have the New York Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks. 
and E will provide me who won today's game. I do believe it was Atlanta Hawks. Um, so Hawks, Knicks, Hawks, Trey Young iced the game in Madison Square Garden and became an instant Reggie Miller like like villain. <laughs> and to the point where the shit talks great. The mayor, Bill de Blasio, wore a Knicks hat at his press conference and he told Trey Young to stop hunting fouls. <laughs> and whenever you can get politicians <laughs> amped up, I'm always like, yo, this series means something. So well, also de Blasio wants to take all the heat off him because he's been literally the worst mayor in New York's history. Yeah, but this is not a political podcast. So. No, I know, but I'm just saying. So de Blasio loves the Knicks winning. He's like, keep winning. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Get the fire off me. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you keeping track of, at home, it's Knicks Hawks tied at one and Mayor Bill de Blasio negative 17. Uh, he just stays catching L's. Neg- negative COVID-19. Negative COVID-19. There we go. Uh, and so that is the quick rundown of how the NBA playoffs are shaking off right now. Uh, what do you guys have as your biggest surprises for that? And then we'll get into the um, award season. Uh, biggest, biggest surprises, maybe not a surprise because I bet it to happen, but just the absolute dismantling uh, that Portland put on Denver in game one. That was pretty impressive. Uh, and then we, we talked about how the Bucks and the Heat was supposed to be a good uh, was, was supposed to be a good series. It, it hasn't really looked like a good series so far. Milwaukee is on the war path. and it looks like you know the, the issues that we talked about with Miami, it doesn't really look like Jimmy Butler's gonna get any help. No, the one guy they traded for help isn't even playing. Um, one thing I will say is Pat Riley has created a cap vacuum with the trades that he cre- he did pulled off in this trade season. And yeah, they're probably not going to advance in this playoffs, but they are set up pretty nicely for this offseason's trade deadline. One thing that is painfully obvious when watching the Miami Heat is that they are unathletic. Yeah, they are unathletic. They have a lot of really smart, high IQ, savvy ball players. They know how to dribble. They know how to handle. They know how to shoot. They know X's and O's. They know where to screen and how to be and to get spacing and play. But it is it is shocking to see how much quicker and how much space is eaten up by the Milwaukee Bucks vice the Miami Heat. And I will say this, we adored the Miami Heat playing zone last year and nobody talked about their their lack of athleticism. I might have been one of the few people who did, but you know, it's painfully obvious in this series the My- Milwaukee Bucks are built different this year. And it shows and that's not a team I would want to face. That's not a team I want not, not no. with the, not with the chip they're playing with. Not with what I've seen so far. And here's the thing. We've seen this from the Bucs before. Yeah, you can tell me that. It's kind of fool's gold like the Clippers. But, I mean, if you take the two teams right now, one of them kind of learned from their lessons. The other one is like, yo, we're the Clippers. <laughs> so. <laughs> we can win because we're the Clippers. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, all right. So, Steph. 
uh, joins Michael Jordan as one of the only players 33 or older to win a scoring title. Remember when uh, he was declining at the beginning of the year? Remember when he was he was declining and he lost his step? You rem- you remember the rant I went on defending <laughs> I, him? I think about it every time I see a Steph Curry highlight. Like how vindicated I am, like yeah. defending Steph Curry, bro. Yeah, dude, it's the new Rick and Morty episode. It's Vindicators Four. It's just gonna be you. You're just on the screen. I don't get that reference. I don't watch yeah. Rick and Morty. Too bad. I just can't get into it, and everyone's shocked because I'm a big nerd. I don't know what it is. I think it's yeah. If you like it, cool. Yeah. I don't really. I don't really have an opinion either way. But all right. So into the NBA award season. We'll just go ahead and pick who we think should be our candidates for the award, et cetera, et cetera. Two of those awards have already been handed out, and one of those being uh, Sixth Man of the Year. There was actually two Utah Jazz players nominated, uh, kind of similar to how the Los Angeles Clippers had Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell last year. Um, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles were nominated. Jordan Clarkson actually took home the award. Um. I don't know if you could pull this list up, E, but can you get me the finalists? And then when we go through it, um, we'll have you read off who the three finalists were, and then we'll talk about it that way. Uh, I actually <laughs> I actually don't know who should have won six man of the year, but I don't like Jordan Clarkson, so I didn't want him. <laughs> just because you didn't like him. Oh, purely because I don't really care for Jordan Clarkson. Dude, that dude just comes in and jacks up shots. And this is like the one year they were actually falling. Like he was actually good. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah, that guy shouldn't have won it either. Yeah, Derrick Rose was the other finalist. Um, and then we'll move on to the second award that's been given out. It's most improved. And this one was a no fucking brainer. <laughs> like the dude I honestly think should be all NBA first team as a forward, but now they're skewing the voting. So that way Joel Embiid can be a forward for all NBA first team. And so that way guards can be forwards. So Luka Doncic has a shot at all NBA first team. And ironically enough, I think that voters are going to fuck Embiid because they don't like big men. And they're going to make him all NBA second team center and put Luka Doncic at the second forward spot. Purely because who do you pick as the third center for all NBA third team? <laughs> and so I think that's that's how it's gonna shake out on some on some bullshit. <laughs> and uh mark my words, Eric. I know you're a big Philly fan, but I'm just prepping you for what's probably coming down the pipeline. But Julius Randle won most improved. 24 points per game, 10.2 rebounds, and six assists, beating out I read this list and I was just like, holy fuck. How do you pick? Like if Julius Randle didn't have this year, who would you pick? Jeremy Grant for the Detroit Pistons absolutely balled all year, putting up bananas numbers. I mean, there wasn't anyone else stopping him on that team. So that could be why I put up those numbers, but shout out him. And then Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets took that, that second year leap and actually played really, really well. But let's move into the next award. E, you have the list? All right. So you want to pick an award on that, the next award on that list, read the finalists, and then we'll discuss it. Uh, so the next one's going to be uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, we have uh, Ball with the Hornets, 
Edwards with the Timberwolves, and Halliburton with the Kings. This is going to be one of the more contentious awards, but let's go ahead and see what Nick thinks on this one. I think it's got to be Anthony Edwards. Okay. I th- I think because because of one of two things, I think Anthony Edwards has the highlight plays, and I'm and I'm I'm very big on like if you can win the highlight reel, you can normally win an award, right? In terms of voters, and he has like what 19 points per game, and the next closest rookie is like three points behind him. Yeah. So that's that's pretty big. When rookies can lead lead all rookies in points, that's normally a big uh, a big candidate for uh, for the award. All right, Eric, what do you think on that? Um, I actually agree. I think Anthony Edwards should win it, but I think uh, Ball is going to get it. Just because they made the play – or they almost made the playoffs. They were in that playing game, so. Yeah, that that weird new gray area that they created. So, um, I'm with you guys. Anthony Edwards was in a lose-lose situation. Carl Anthony Towns missed damn near the whole first 66% of the, the season. D'Angelo Russell missed just as much time, and Anthony Edwards was thrust into an impossible position, um, you know, essentially being the point guard on that. And then, so arguably their third best player, which has now been supplanted by Anthony Edwards, he's shown that he has the talent and potential for it. Um, Malik Beasley got suspended for like, like 16, 16 or 15 games or some, or I think it might have been 12. But I mean, those are key pieces. He never got the chemistry. He never got the rhythm. They fired a coach in the middle of the season, which nobody talks about because it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, who gives a fuck? This was all his rookie year, and he still went out there putting up 19. And, in fact, when he didn't have to put the whole offense on his back, when Carl Anthony Towns came back, when D'Angelo Russell came back, you look at his advanced analytics for that stretch – his player efficiency rating spiked. His shooting percentage spiked. His true shooting percentage spiked. His true plus plus minus box score spiked. I mean, the dude elevated his level of play when his level surrounding him went that much higher. You know, that's not something you saw with Andrew Wiggins there. So I do believe Anthony Edwards should get the award based on avail- availability and situation. I don't think he wins it. I think LaMelo Ball, as much as Nick talked about Anthony Edwards' highlights, which are bananas, trust me. <laughs> Some of those ones you get replay, and you're like, did that really just happen? Like, I, Did he dunk that dude's head instead of the basketball? <laughs> <laughs> he, dunked, he dunked both of them. Yeah, he dunked both at the same time. But LaMelo Ball has just as many highlights. Full court passes behind the back, off the backboard, nifty finishes, three-point daggers, big-time game-winning shots. And he came in coupled with Gordon Hayward signing, which no one talks about when they talk about the LaMelo Ball rookie race, right? But that Charlotte Hornets team was significantly better, and it showed when they actually came in with the nine seed. They came in at the nine seed and were in the playing game. So – I think LaMelo Ball wins it. I don't agree with that one, though. I think Anthony Edwards should take it. Let's move on to the next award. Oh, actually, one one question. Who do you think has a better future? LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're gonna, option C. So Tyrese Ball. I just yeah. don't think he did enough to, to beat those um, two guys for the award. 
No, I, 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 I think it's, I think it's got to be Lamelo, uh, just because guards typically develop better than big man. Big man can have a, it can have a couple of good seasons uh, early in their career, and then can really, you really, when when you talk about great big men, you talk about them because they they had kind of that sustained success later on in their careers, right? The Kevin Garnetts, the Tim Duncans. Uh, yeah, Edwards is a shooting guard, though. Oh, he's a bigger dude, though. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, like, bigger dudes. Like, that's why I don't think that Zion Williamson is going to be very good, right? He's good now. He's good now, but he's not going to be good down the long run because small, smaller, lighter guards develop better. A hot take. Get hot your take, hot baby. takes. Slinging hot takes. <laughs> I got to. I got to give. I got to give one. I'm just saying. So I think I think Lamelo develops better, especially when he gets, especially when someone in this league recognizes some GM in this league recognizes his talent and surrounds him with actual good players, or he develops the players around him, or he makes the players around him play better. So just just to rebuttal your points, and I'll let you go. Uh, Lamelo Ball is six eight. So he's, he's Anthony. Ta- he's, ta- he's taller than Anthony Edwards. Well, I guess that fucking doesn't look good, does it? <laughs> I don't know about st- I don't know about stupid basketball. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. What, what who do you think's better, Ian? Then we'll we'll try to speed this up. Uh, I think just it's it's more situational. I think Lamelo has a better uh, chance at having a better career. Just he's surrounded by players, and Minnesota is not known for anything good. So, yeah, exactly. I do think uh, some shocking news came out of that A Rod deal that was agreed upon i don't know if you guys saw this but there is no clause in the in the cell that they can't move the team interesting so that's just are they gonna no- are they gonna move it somewhere with better players no but they're gonna move it somewhere where players actually want to go <laughs> that's what i mean are they gonna move it to a destination with better players uh i i would say they go to vegas that's where better players would be probably yeah and you're not wrong. So let's move on to the next award. Let's try to make these quick. Uh, so for the next one, we got uh, Coach of the Year. It's uh, Snyder or Quinn Snyder from the Jazz, Tom Thibodeau from the Knicks, and Monty Williams from the Suns. Uh, Thibodeau. Yeah, Tommy T. Now. I uh, guess we'll skip on to the next one. We'll go at defensive. Oh, no, he doesn't even want to say his choice because yeah. he knows his choice is wrong. So it's not wrong. Mean, he has Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. Did you expect anything from the Knicks this year? Yeah. Tom Timido is literally took the worst run franchise in professional sports to the playoffs. In spite in of one. James Dolan. In, in spite of one. James Dolan. Year one. Monty Mont- Williams. Is in his like his first full year of coaching. He's ended a ten-year playoff drought. He's it's. They didn't even sneak in. They were the fourth seed. They were the eight. two seed. That's insane. They went from not playoffs to the two seed in the West. It's they unbelievable. Were, they what he's crushed done. the bubble last year. You know what the New York Knicks were doing in the bubble? Fighting they, off James Dolan's racism. <laughs> they weren't in the bubble, bro. Dude. Who on this Knicks roster is worth a damn? They have the most improved player in the league this year. That's it. That's all they have. Not they Derrick have, Rose. They have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and, a, and one of the deepest teams in the league. And 
we expected the Suns to be good by, based on how they ended the bubble. And then they added Chris Paul. What do you mean it's not the Knicks? I don't know, man. I just – the way they're number two in defensive efficiency, he's, he's just coaching them up so well. Like The Knicks are like number three with worst that's players. That's not number two. With worst players. They're the four seed with worst players. I Dude, that's why I don't understand. Everyone keeps saying Monty Williams, and I'm like, there's no way it's not the Knicks. Anyways, we'll move on. That's that's upsetting. Uh, (laughs) Next, we got a defensive player of the year. We got uh, Rudy Gobert, Jazz, Draymond Green from Golden State, and uh, Ben Simmons from the 76ers. I think it should be Ben Simmons, personally. What do you guys think? It should 100% be Ben Simmons. Oh, shocker. The homer thinks it should be Ben Simmons. He just picked Monty Williams. Where was that comment earlier? (laughs) No, no, no. The the dude can guard positions one through five. He's the most disruptive force on defense. He's not seven feet like Gobert. Draymond, I get it. I understand the love. He is one of the greatest defensive players of all time, but it's time for the next generation. Whoa. Hold on. I'll stop. He just admitted to Draymond being – Earlier this year, ladies and gentlemen, I had to get in a firm discussion with this young man when he refused to put Draymond Green in the top 10 defensive players of all time. I think you even did it two podcasts ago that you refused to acknowledge Draymond Green. <laughs> are, you, are you maturing already in two weeks? In three you weeks, know, you've become a mature man. You've blossomed. It's Your gross, flower's man. been picked. <laughs> I'm a real boy. All right, and I guess the the biggest one here is uh, MVP. We all know Curry, Embiid, LeBron and Jokic. Oh, <laughs> damn. He's not in it this year? Let's Lebanon Dames. Lebanon Dames? He gets ducats, dude. Um, Dude, this is actually really, really hard. It's got to be Joker. It's got to be gotta, Jokic. It's the Joker. Yeah, I think, I think it's the Joker because Embiid missed like 20-something games. Let's hear it, E. Why is it? Why is it? Embiid. This is your this is your time to shine. You better have no. stats and everything. Yeah, bro. let's no, go. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Contrary to what you guys think, I think Jokic is gonna win it because these people are idiots and they care about <laughs> how many games he fucking played. Listen, he only he only was able to play because he only plays half the game every day. He doesn't play oh, defense. Wait, it's so easy I have to a, get wait, not injured. On. All right, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. So if he plays 82 games mm-hmm. and averages 26 points. Is that better than playing 60 games and averaging 28 points? Yeah. So you admit that Jokic is a better player. But that's not all they look at. They look at everything else. Sorry, I'll look at – sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I don't use names. Player A plays 82 games. No, I know what you're trying to do, but it's more than just points. It's your defensive impact. Okay. Okay. Importance to your team. Player A got 10.8 rebounds per game. Player B got (laughs) 10.6. Player I get what you're trying to do, bro. Player A shot 56.6% from the from the field. Player B shot 51.3%. Wait, was play, player, player A is still 72 games and, and player player B is yes, still 52? Yes, correct. Correct, Jermaine. Oh, okay. Yes, thank okay. you for coming along. And the final stat, 80, uh, player A, 86.8 uh, free throw percentage. Player B, 85.9% uh, percent free throw percentage in less games, mind you. Does per- Jermaine, do percentages get better with, with more games? No. Okay. No. It's because of the thin air in Denver. 
He didn't even do what? the assist. He didn't even do what? the assists. You think that the thin air endeavor makes him play better? The literal advantage that teams have and that the Denver teams have is that other teams can't play there because of the thin air. That's funny, dude. All right. Well, okay. I, I'd say player A. <laughs> player A. We agree. We agree. Player A. player A. Jermaine, what if I reveal to you that player A was Nikolo Jocic? <laughs> oh, I'd be shocked. Wow. <laughs> All right. So what's it's next on the duck? That's done. I think that's 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 done that's with the, the NOB awards. Yes. All right. So it's the NBA, bro. Your brain is broken. You cannot get those those right. Let's move on to standing up. Let's make them quick. So you want to take, take it away, Nick? Yeah. So the first uh I guess I'll do the first uh the first standing over for a guy named Richard Bland. So Richard Bland is the oldest first-time winner on the European Tour. He's played f- 478 times on the European Tour. <laughs> and he just won his first European Tour major at 48 years old. Hold, hold on, let's ask E. Is that a good percentage? <laughs> <laughs> That's an MVP percentage, bro. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Golfer A. <laughs> All right, so uh, this second standing O is in honor of <laughs> intern E. Uh, I called it doing a Leicester. <laughs> so elite clubs want a breakaway. Leicester City wins first FA Cup in club history, 137 years. One in four record in final- finals. <laughs> Leicester City got Frank Lamp- Lampard. <laughs> Jesus, that's an awful Are you good, dude? Uh Leicester City got Lampard fired, right? That's the Chelsea head coach. And then denied them FA Cup hardware. They were playing Chelsea on Tuesday when I wrote this for an epic top four matchup and UCL implications. And I asked if they were the Achilles heel. And I was just going to rub this into E. But Chelsea actually won on Tuesday. (laughs) So that kind of negated. When they played, yes, on Tuesday. Yes, they did. All right. So shout out Leicester City for breaking 137-year drought which is a staggering number to just hear out loud. Um, and then I'll move on. So Minnesota, I'm sorry, the Utah Jazz, the top overall record in the NBA this year, had 52 scholarships awarded to um, kids in the Utah community, community, one for each win Utah had this season. And so that was... Uh, those are full rides for the Utah community. Dang. I thought that was – I was just like, yo, way to set the bar. <laughs> like Next yeah, that's, year – That's pretty good. <laughs> if a team wins 66 games next year and doesn't do this, they're going to look like a hot mess. Yeah, dude. they're going to look like assholes. They're like, where's my scholarships? <laughs> Utah's like, we can't win the title, but we'll win the hearts. <laughs> that's right. So – so we've we've uh we're, we're, nature is starting to heal, Jermaine. We're starting to come out of COVID. So for our next standing O, I wanted to give a standing O to uh, thirty of thirty two NFL teams who have gone full capacity for the twenty twenty one season. Uh, so good for you guys, standing O to those those thirty. We'll talk about the two that haven't here in a second. Ooh, foreshadowing! <laughs> All right, and then the final standing O. We actually had it off. Uh, screen discussion 
for this one, whether it should be fine and cut or standing up because it's that preposterous. Uh, longtime power forwarder for the Miami Heat, Udonis Haslam, checks into first game of the season, which also happens to be the last game of the season for the Miami Heat versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Proceeds to play three minutes total, sink two really good-looking shots, shoot 100%, and get kicked out of the game for picking a fight with seven-foot-one center Dwight Howard. I'd say that's three minutes well spent, boys. <laughs> Dude, listen, that's what you want your team leaders to do, all right? Get out there and do what needs to be done. Get the dirty work. Get in Get in fights with the big man. You know, take take him off the roll. Give Take him out of the momentum. There you go. And uh, with that being said, take a bow to our standing O. <laughs> we'll move on to find him and cut him here. Um, we'll lead with seven medical professionals were charged with simple homicide with eventual intent in the death of Diego Maradona. That This one was just kind of shocking to read. Like, ah. Yeah, pretty crappy. Talk about legend gone to – well. I mean, he probably should have died a few times before yeah. that. But didn't he, didn't he legally, didn't he like actually die, like medically die a couple times before this? I wouldn't be shocked if they declared <laughs> him dead and then like he was resuscitated back to life. Yeah, he just he, he just needed a little little of those snow angels. Bro. Little, uh, he needed a little smelling salts. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You need to open up those breathing those breathing cavities, <laughs> those breathing bro. tubes. Yeah. Oh man. So, I I was stunned, and that's a pretty shitty way to go when someone botches their job. That that what poor. Well, not when not when just one doctor does it, but seven of them do it. It almost seems it's almost seems like premeditated. Almost. <laughs> yeah. I guess I can't really prove it, but we'll move on to. The next one, and you'll you'll get the last two, Nick. Uh, the next one yeah. is Conor McGregor's narcissism. I'm just sick and tired of every UFC event happening. I'm sitting there hyped, right? Just saw a clean knockout or some wild fight or a shitty fucking ending where I'm like, what the fuck just happened, right? Just like, what a card. Or it was a shitty card. And somehow, somehow the media and Twitter, and Conor McGregor make it about him. There's two other fighters that I also don't like right now that do the same fucking thing. It's John Jones and Israel Adesanya. Get your head out of your ass, bro. You fought once in the last, like, 18 months and lost. Then sold proper number 12 and wouldn't hold up your end of the bargain by giving the money you you said you'd give to the to Dustin Poirier's foundation. And then you did some petty thing where you gave the money you promised him to another foundation in that same city. I don't know. I don't understand. Yeah. Dude, I think, nobody... I, think I, I think he's just I think he's just an asshole who's really good at fighting. He's not even that good anymore. Yeah, but he was good and he made a lot of money off it. Yeah, and kudos to him. But I'm just sick of all his, you know, dick riding fans out there who won't call a spade a spade. It's the same thing with LeBron James. It's the same thing. Just keep it keep it honest. If you're gonna call out everyone else, make sure you call out him too. And yeah. that's why Conor McGregor is on this list. We don't give a fuck if you think you're coming back for that belt. Because it's all talk. You're not going to. And even if they give you the fight, you're gonna get slept. 
So yeah. next. So Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the United States, Jermaine. They received $94 million in welfare spending. Right? It was earmarked by uh, it was earmarked for the temporary assistance for needy families program. Seems important. Seems very important, right? So during their audit of the state of Mississippi's records, auditors found that $1.1 million of this $94 million earmarked for the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program was paid to Brett Favre's company, company Favre Enterprises. So far, Brett Favre has paid 500000 of that back, but has not paid the remaining 600000 of it back. So there's two finding cuts in here. Brett Favre, you're a millionaire. You probably make 600000 from all the Levi jeans and, and copper fit commercials that you're doing. Icy hot. <laughs> yeah. Icy hot. For, and then soon you'll be doing sketchers like Joe Montana. Just pay it back, pay $600,000 back. And Mississippi, let's not give $94 million earmarked for the needy families in your state, which is the poorest state, one of the poorest states in America. Why don't we don't, like Brett Favre is not going to identify with these people. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So Mississippi, learn to spend your money wisely. Brett Favre, pay the money back to the state of Mississippi. Yeah, one, one thing that wasn't said, this was paid to Brett Favre for, for speaking engagements. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Like his words are going to help this poor community, this fucking guy. <laughs> what a pompous fucking... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That's some self-centered shit if I ever heard it. And our final find him and cut him. I'll, I'll harken back to the beginning of the episode when I talked about odd injuries in sports. This has to be one of the oddest injuries. Cleveland's pitcher Zach Plesak was placed on the IL because he fractured his right thumb. He fractured his right thumb in the injury report, quote, aggressively removing his shirt. For those of you who listen to the show and know me and have been around me in the last three months, I shut my pinky finger on a bla- in a blast door in Bahrain, a metal blast door designed to present uh, or prevent bombs. Uh, I didn't fracture my pinky. It, I needed stitches, and it hurt a lot. Uh, weep for me. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Zach Plezak fractured his right thumb. He needs to drink more milk. I I don't I don't understand how aggressively you need to remove your shirt to fracture your right thumb. Hulk Hogan tore his shirt every time he came to the ring. Jack, Zach, whatever your bum ass name is. Get it together. <laughs> Drink some milk like Nick said. Bum. Jesus, bro. That was a terrible cover of Hulk Hogan's song, by the way. That made yeah, that me was... upset. I wanted that. <laughs> I am a real American. You shitty music. <laughs> Dude, all-time classic. Shout out yes. to... He's a pitcher as well, right? He is a pitcher, yes. <laughs> Dude, who's the pitcher that 
<laughs> last year. Cocker is a right-handed pitcher. He hurt his back, right? He hurt his back uh, getting for up. sleeping wrong, right? He slept <laughs> yeah. wrong and hurt his back, <laughs> dude. Like, I like I joke, I joke around, I joked around with that. But there's been some beds that I've slept on that I've been like, man, maybe I shouldn't joke about this anymore, <laughs> dude. All right, um, let's fit, let's wrap up with the trivia question before we increase our blow rate. Yeah, so we so, asked you at yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking of pitchers, speaking of pitchers, Jermaine said at the beginning, how many no hitters have happened in a single season? Referring to the bonkers number of no hitters has happened this year. It's after 1900, seven no hitters in a single season is the number. What are we at right now? E5? Six. Six. After 1900, seven, which is considered the live ball error era, excuse me, considered the live ball era in baseball. In the in the complete history of baseball, there were eight no-hitters in 1884. So the in the live ball era, it's seven in 1884. There were eight. So we'll see if we tie the record this year. I don't see any way that we don't. Uh, at least tie? That's the bar you're setting it at? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how we don't. We're we're gonna get at least one more. A hundred percent. But which which teams have been no hit twice? <laughs> uh, the the Reds, the Mariners, and the Indians. Wait, wait. So the six are all on the same three teams? Yes. Oh my goodness! I didn't pick that up before. <laughs> it's incredible. Yo, you gotta be salivating as a pitcher to see those teams. Oh yeah, you you're just like, yes, here I go. Time time for history, baby. <laughs> time is, it's all me, baby. It's all been no name guys too, right? Yeah, not not too. Yeah, not not too. I mean, I guess Corey Kluber is not really a no name guy. Oh but. yeah, I can't disrespect him like that. Shout um, out Corey Kluber. Get well soon, dude. You're on the IL for four weeks. <laughs> yeah, for diamond up teams, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's thrown too many no hitters this year. <laughs> he gave up his body for it. So the uh, no hitter record was set in 1990. For those of you listening at home. Oh, 1990. Yeah, and a little sidebar trivia question that we didn't ask you, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. That's not sports related. But the first ever 10.0 officially graded comic in history was done in like 2000, 2006. And it was Venom, the Lethal Protector, issue one. <laughs> I learned that today and I was blown away. Wow. <laughs> so E so so e, e does make a good point. Madison Bumgarner threw a no-hitter. In the seven inning game, oh, but because right. it was it, because it was a double header this year with the MLB, we end games after seven innings in double headers. So really, technically, we should have seven already, and it probably will go back and revise that stat. In, asterisk, in as, as, asterisk. <laughs> but as always, episode sixty six, we had a great time. Big changes coming here soon to room 303 you'll be able to see our beautiful faces here coming up pretty soon we're not going to tell you when we're not going to tell you how that's just a little tidbit for you guys but until then subscribe to us on social media instagram 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 and twitter at podcast room 303 what do you got for the people jermaine keep it froggy fellas
and ladies. Uh, I don't really have anything else for you. So uh, we'll see you next week when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs>